Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in today's statistics episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation old Royal Dalton Music Hall. What is this? This is where you wanna be. What is this? In my lifetime, I have now seen four different Spider-Man representations. Uh, you've got Andrew Garfield, you've got Tobey Maguire, you've got Tom Holland, and now you have Shameik Moore, all as Spider-Man. Uh, and what's more, uh, in Sp- Into the Spider-Verse, you have a plethora of Spider-Men, and that's that's a lot. It's it's a lot of Spider-Men. And I, I heard. I forget how long ago it was that I heard about Into the Spider Verse. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't super excited to see it, but I also wasn't, you know, lax about it. I, I recognized it. I saw the artwork. I liked the art style. I thought it could be neat. Maybe, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, a little fun, a little exciting. I didn't expect a ton from it. And then the reviews started hitting, and it was glowing. Everyone loved this movie. And then it started winning Best Animated Feature Awards uh, in on critic circles and, and around. It was nominated for a lot of things like that. And I, I was kind of stunned. It wasn't a movie that was really on my radar, not in this way. And suddenly it was... You know, uh, a top five letterboxed movie of the year. It is currently the number one letterboxed film of 2018, uh, surpassing Roma. It is currently the number 37 highest rated film on IMDb. It is incredible what took place. And so, naturally, my anticipation skyrocketed. I was very into this movie. I was very excited to see it. And I got to see it, and now I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, yeah, that's the yeah statistics. Spider-Man. I saw it December 14th, so almost a week ago from when I'm recording this, and even further back from when it actually this is actually gonna come out. It's a 2018 animated film. It's about 115 minutes long, uh, a little under two hours, including the end credits. 2018 film, my summary, while taking over the responsibilities of Spider-Man, a boy encounters others with his powers from alternate universes. Uh, Last I checked, it had a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe it is still the same. Yes. And I gave it a 91. 91. Very high. I'm very high on this movie. And pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm recording this before I might be potentially recording a review episode. Uh, so I'm not 100% sure if that episode is going to happen or not. Uh, but I'm going to act like it is. And if it doesn't happen as I expect it to, I will do 
I, I will come back to this later and talk about it in a more because I do I plan on seeing the movie a second time so when that happens uh, I will I will I will I will try to talk about it then so uh, avoiding most of the spoilers any of the spoiler all the spoilers avoiding those and some of the more intricate details and things about it suffice to say i really enjoyed this film i thought it was fantastic and my favorite spider-man movie period moving on director multiple directors yes Starting out with Peter Ramsey. This is the third film of his I've seen. It increases his average film range to a 74. It's his best film, only film in the 90s. And comes in ahead of Legend of the Guardians. He has a value of 3, a score of 47.4, and is ranked 240th overall. One spot behind Alan Parker, Oscar-nominated director of Mississippi Burning. And one spot ahead of Lenny Abrahamson, Oscar-nominated director of Room. And then you have Bob Persichetti and Rodney Rothman, both their debut films on my spreadsheet as directors, so they have an average film rating of 91, a score, a value of 2, a score of 32.33, and they are ranked 690th overall, just behind Oren Moverman, who directed Rampart and The Messenger, and just ahead of Hector Babenko, Oscar-nominated director for Kiss of the Spider-Woman. The direction in this movie is stellar. Uh, we get to it just it has a feel unlike any other animated movie any other superhero movie uh it presents itself as half comic book ha- you know it has comic book affectations the way kickass did I, I really enjoyed kickass as well it has beautiful animation that you know looks like it's being filmed with a camera as it focuses with as the you know you've like lens focuses uh, you get blurbs that pop up from time to time. The spider sense uh, animation is really fascinating. All of it is is really innovative and just serves to make the film that much more exciting, that much more fascinating, and uh, just just you know you want to try to. I don't know. I, I had this experience while I was watching it. Like I wanted to pick it apart at the same time that I wanted to just bathe in it. And yeah, I, I, I was a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit. A lot of writers on the film, starting with Phil Lord. This is his fourth film credit. It increases his average film rate to an 83.5, his second film rate in the 90s and second best movie overall, coming in behind the Lego movie and ahead of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He has a value of 5.5, a score of 61.17, and is ranked 82nd overall, one spot behind Gary Ross, uh, who directed The Hunger Games, Dave, Big, uh, one spot ahead of Ralph Wright, who directed Peter Pan, uh, The Art of Skiing, The Jungle Book, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Lady and the Tramp, Song of the South, Sleeping Beauty, and so on. You've got Rodney Rothman. As a writer, this is his third film credit, increasing his average film range to a 66 even. It is his second film rated in the uh, 90s. And best movie overall, coming in ahead of... Uh, or first only film rated in the 90s, and best movie overall, coming in ahead of 22 Jump Street. Uh, he has a value of 2, a score of 41.6, and is ranked 601st overall. One spot behind David Dave Fleischer. 
or maybe uh, Elmore Leonard, probably more recognizable as the director or as a writer on Jackie Brown. And one spot ahead of um, Abdelatif Kachichi, Kachiche, uh, who wrote on Blue is the Warmest Color and The Secret of the Grain. Also credited is Dan Slott. This is his first film credit, uh, so it's his only one on the mo- on the spreadsheet. He has a value of two, a score of thirty-two point three three, and is ranked one thousand two hundred and fifty-fourth overall. Uh, he is one spot behind mm, William Joyce, who was a writer on Rise of the Guardians and Epic and Meet the Robinsons. And he is one spot ahead of Hossein Amini, who was a writer on The Wings of the Dove, Jude, and Drive. Those are the writers. The, the direction in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is great. The writing is even better. The mantra of Spider-Man, there, there are two key elements that are always associated with Spider-Man. The first is, with great power comes great responsibility. And the second is, anybody can be Spider-Man. And both of these aspects have been shown in previous movies with Spider-Man. You know, the, the, the very notion of a, of a boy being bitten by a radioactive spider is all you need to imply that anyone can become Spider-Man. That, that in and of itself is just, you know, it's not that you had a lot of money, it's... Not that you went through a particularly bad childhood trauma, necessarily. You know, that isn't what sparked it. It wasn't that. It's not that you were born on a distant planet and sent to Earth in a, in a spaceship. You're just bit by a spider, unbeknownst to you, unintending to become a superhero. And all the movies do that. And, and they do it fine. I, I wouldn't say some better than others, but none of them excel at that theme as the way that Into the Spider-Verse does. None of them. By showcasing all these vari- this, ver- this huge variety of Spider-People from all these universes, you effectively prove the point. You prove it far better you know, than you could with a radioactive spider. On the other side of that, the, with great power comes great responsibility. We see it. We see it all the time. Tobey Maguire went through it. Andrew Garfield went through it. Tom Holland is going through it now. And it's, it's, it's a real burden. And I think especially the, Toby, the first and second Tobey Maguire movies really showed how much of a burden it can be to have great power and to, re- and to depend on and, and utilize your responsibility. But... And, and I, I, at the same time, I, I don't think... You can't really raise the stakes from the world's at danger. And that being said, you know, your responsibilities are... It felt like in the previous Spider-Man movies, there were no responsibilities, no no heavy responsibilities, until after Peter or whatever became Spider-Man. You know, prior to... Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, becoming Spider-Man. He was, you know, a student. Uh, he wanted to make a little extra money. That's for sure. But his his problems were very small. 
Um, I don't really remember the Andrew Garfield movies that well to know, to remember what his situation was. But I, I think for him, he was just like bullied in school, which is a serious thing. But in the state, in the grand scheme of the world is in danger, not really. And in Into the Spider Verse, I think what happens is prior to Miles becoming Spider-Man. He commits to something. He makes a promise. Even after he becomes a Spider-Man, he is woefully unable to, to fulfill this promise on his own. And it is shown and showcased throughout the film that his commitment to, 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 to fulfilling what he said he would do is the responsibility. And that takes him on an incredible journey that really plays all of the class and relationships and dynamics that are involved in his everyday life against all of the new ones that he has found becoming a Spider-Man. I, I just think those two mantras are shown in such brilliant highly effective ways in Into the Spider-Verse. And I think the writing is a huge reason for that. Moving on to the performers, the voice actors. We start out with Scott Menville. This is his 11th film credit, increasing his average film rating to a 72.55. It is his second film, rated in the 90s and second best movie overall coming in behind tangled he has a value of 10 and a half a score of 71.88 and is ranked 77th overall one spot behind gino carrado and one spot ahead of minoru chiaki scott menville scott menville is the voice of additional voices helpful moving on uh, next up is Stan Lee. Stan Lee gets an incredible, incredible cameo in this film. Uh, maybe my favorite cameo of his of all time. This is the 44th film of his I've seen, film that he's been in that I've seen. Uh, he increases his average film rating to a 60.48. Is his third film rated in the 90s and third best movie overall, coming in behind Iron Man and ahead of Captain America, The Winter Soldier. He has a value of 14, a score of 71.85, and is ranked 79th overall, one spot behind Minoru Chiaki, and one spot ahead of Peter O'Toole, the late Stanley, lending his voice uh, to uh, he, 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 he doesn't play himself. He plays like a comic store cash register attendant, and they, uh, they just they, they did him so well they did him so good I was just very pleased next up is Mahershala Ali this is his 10th film credit increasing his average film rating to a 70.6 it is his only film in the 90s and best movie overall coming in ahead of Moonlight he has a value of 7.5 a score of 66.33 and overall ranking of 195th one spot behind Lawrence Olivier, and one spot ahead of Montgomery Clift. Mershala Ali plays the voice of Uncle Aaron in the film, uh, who I liked Uncle Aaron as a character. 
Uh, Mahershala Ali does a good job. You know, Miles, his father, is a cop, and uh, Uncle Aaron is kind of this like the family doesn't really approve of him, but Miles thinks he's the greatest sort of thing. And and Mahershala, I loved Mahershala Ali in that voice role. Next up is Yorma Taconi. This is his 10th film credit, increasing his average film rating to a 64.7. It is his second film rated in the 90s and second best movie overall, coming in behind the Lego movie. Uh, Yorma is the voice of Green Goblin and also Last Dude. Um, yeah, maybe. And he doesn't, he's very much a cameo. Very, very little screen time. Next up is Jake Johnson. This is his 18th film credit, increasing his average film rating to a 58.06. It's his second film rated in the 90s and second best movie overall, coming in behind the Lego movie and ahead of 21 Jump Street. He has a value of 3, a score of 55.25, and is ranked 824th overall, one spot behind Ted Danson, one spot ahead of Julie Christie. And Jake Johnson plays Spider-Man. Or, to be more accurate, Peter Parker from an alternate dimension. Um... He is the primary Peter Parker that you see, I presume, in the trailer. And he's fantastic. Uh, man, I, you know, he, as like a movie actor, Jake Johnson has been fine since, you know, graduating from his role on New, New Girl to bigger things. And I, he has fantastic charisma. You know, he, he can... He works well with pretty much anyone you put a, put next to him, and not that is never more true than it is between Peter B. Parker and Miles Morales. I I think uh, the two just have such great chemistry, and I love it. I I loved him so much in this movie. He added so many layers, and and it really just all worked so perfectly. Next up is Haley Steinfeld. This is her 13th film credit, increasing her average film range to a 58.23. It is her best film, only film in the 90s, and comes in ahead of True Grit. She has a value of 4.5, a score of 54.97, and is ranked 850th overall. Uh, one spot behind David Krumholtz, one spot ahead of Stephen Root. Haley Steinfeld plays the voice of Gwen Stacy, uh, which makes her another spider person from an alternate dimension and she was great too uh i loved her attitude i loved her interactions with miles uh before and after they realize who each other are and uh, i don't know all the voice acting was so good and the characters were so much fun and uh next up is oscar isaac this is his 26th film credit. It increases his average film rate to a 56.08. It is his fourth film rated in the 90s and second best movie overall. Coming in behind Inside Lewin Davis and ahead of Drive. He has a value of 2, a score of 54.07, and is ranked 938th overall. One spot behind John Slattery. One spot ahead of Rafe Spall. I will not tell you who he voices because it's a spoiler. Next up is Chris Pine. This is his 24th film credit, increasing his average film range to a 53.96. It's his only film in the 90s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Heller Highwater. He has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 49.31, and a rank and is ranked 1,425th overall. Uh, one spot behind Lisa Boyle, 
and one spot ahead of Jennifer Westfeld. Uh, Chris Pine plays the voice of Spider-Man. Most people do in this movie. Uh, but he plays the original Spider-Man from Miles' universe. And that's, that's about it. Uh, next up is Cliff Robertson. Uh, the late Chris Robertson, who passed away back in 2011. Uh, they pulled his voice... And this is his ninth film credit for me. It increases his average film range to a 57.44. It's his only film in the 90s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Spider-Man 2. Uh, he has a value of 0.5, a score of 47.5, and is ranked 1,632nd overall. One spot behind Misha Auer and one spot ahead of Annette Benning. He is Uncle Ben from the original Spider-Man trilogy. They ripped his voice to use in this movie in some flashbacks telling the origin and it works I loved that they did that I it felt very tasteful next up is Lily Tomlin this is her 19th film credit increasing her average film range to a 53.11 it's her only film in the 90s best movie overall coming in ahead of flirting with disaster uh, she has a value of negative 1, a score of 46.8, and is ranked 1,723rd overall, one spot behind Will Arnett, one spot ahead of Ariana Richards and Patrick Knowles. Lily Tomlin is the voice of Aunt May. Aunt May. And she's kind of a badass. I, you know, we've had a lot of iterations of Aunt May from the very old and decrepit to the very young and attractive and lily tomlin's well the the one in this movie voiced by lily tomlin is somewhere in the middle of that she's definitely a badass but she's not like um oh man why can't i think of her name what is her name uh it's killing me um Marissa Tomei, is who I'm thinking of. She's not, you know, as young and flirtatiously attracted to Iron Man as Marissa Tomei's version. Uh, she is the right moment. She she was kind of like, I don't know, almost like an Alfred from almost like Batman's Alfred in a way, but also much more attached than Alfred. You know, even even though Alfred is basically a surrogate father for Bruce Wayne. Aunt May is actually Spider-Man's aunt, and I think the connection there is very deep and, and very meaningful. And I loved Lily Tomlin as that role. Next up is Lake Bell. This is her 12th film credit, increasing her average film range to a 54.92. It's her only film in the 90s, best movie overall, coming in ahead of In a World. She has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 46.57, and is ranked 1,750th overall, one spot behind Aiden Gillen, one spot ahead of John Huston. And she voices uh, Vanessa Fisk. So one of the bad guys in this movie is Wilson Fisk, uh, or otherwise known as Kingpin, if you've seen the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck or the Daredevil TV show on Netflix. Kingpin, Wilson Fisk. And Lake Bell does the voice of Vanessa Fisk, his wife. I wish Lake Bell would, would get better. I wish she had a better role. I don't know what it would be, but she's a great voice actor. 
Anyway, uh, Natalie Morales. This is her sixth film credit, increasing her average film range to a 58.5. It's her only film in the 90s, best movie overall, coming in ahead of Shelley Wright, colon, Wish Me Away. She has a value of 1.5, a score of 45.38, and is ranked 1,889th overall, one spot behind Matthew Meyer, and one spot ahead of Graham McTavish. Graham McTavish from Aquaman. Remember that? Uh, Natalie Morales plays the voice of... Let me see here. Uh, Miss Cayetos. I don't know. I don't remember that. Uh, Miss Cayetos. Nope. It's not ringing a bell. I don't remember. Apologies. I don't remember who that was. But she's in it. She's in it. Next up is Liev, Liev Schreiber. Schreiber. This is his 27th film credit, increasing his average film range to a 52.59. It's his only film in the 90s. Best movie overall, coming in ahead of The Hurricane. He has a value of negative 4, a score of 44.97, and is ranked 1,944th overall. One spot behind Aoi Cravalho, and one spot ahead of Kath Susie. Uh, and he is the voice of Wilson Fisk, so Kingpin. And he's good. I, I didn't recognize him. I, I try. I was trying to place the voice the whole movie, and I could not do it. And that's... He did a good job. Liv Schreiber is great. Next up is Greta Lee. This is her 11th film credit, increasing her average film range to a 54.09. It's her only film in the 90s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of While We're Young. It's... Uh, she has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 44.27, and is ranked 2,040th overall. One spot behind Dabney Coleman, and one spot ahead of Greta Garbo. Another Greta. Greta Lee is the voice of... Uh, she is credited as interesting person number two. And to say anything more would be a spoiler. Next up is Zoe Kravitz. This is her 19th film credit, increasing her average film range to a 51.53. It's her only film in the 90s and second best movie overall, coming in behind Mad Max Fury Road. And ahead of Dope, she has a value of negative three, a score of 43.62, and is ranked 2,139th overall. One spot behind Weird Al Yankovic, and one spot ahead of Tom Fisher. She is the voice of Mary Jane. Multiple universes, Mary Jane. And she was good. She did not sound like Zoe Kravitz to me, but I think on a rewatch, she definitely will. Next up is Brian Tyree Henry. This is his sixth film credit, increasing his average film range to a 54.83. It's his only film in the 90s, best movie overall, coming in ahead of Widows. He has a value of zero, a score of 41.13, and is ranked 2,478th. Overall, one spot behind Wood Harris, one spot ahead of Glenn Morshower. Brian Tyree Henry is the voice of Jefferson Davis. Um, Jefferson Davis. Spider-Verse. Who is 
Miles' dad? Hmm. I don't know why his last name's different. I don't know. It doesn't... Irrelevant. He's the voice of Miles' dad. And I liked him. Uh, you know, he... There's an emotional core to the relationship between Miles and his dad. You know, his dad is a cop who doesn't like Spider-Man. <laughs> Tyree Henry is very funny. His his timing was perfect. Uh, you know, he he killed it. Next up is Nicolas Cage. This is his 42nd film credit, increasing his average film range to a 50.38. It's his fifth film. Uh, fourth film rated in the 90s and... Uh, second best movie overall coming in behind Raising Arizona and ahead of Birdie he has a value of negative 9.5 a score of 38.59 and is ranked 2,828th overall one spot behind Penn Badgley one spot ahead of Aaron Paul Nicolas Cage is the voice of Spider-Man Noir the black and white cape flowing variation of spider-man no one besides nicholas cage could have pulled this off and i love him for it he's fantastic you know spider-man noir not the biggest character in the movie but he's a he's a substantial supporting character and when he's there you you, you pay attention and he's ominous and i would love to see him fight nazis in his own movie Next up is Katherine Hahn. This is her 24th film credit, increasing her average film range to a 48.5. It is her only film rated in the 90s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Captain Fantastic. She has a value of negative 9.5, a score of 35.27, and is ranked 3,220th overall, one spot behind Dick Foran, and one spot ahead of Brenda Fricker. And yeah, to say anything more, and from my experience watching the movie, I recognized her voice, and it wasn't, I didn't know who her character was until I did. And in case you don't know who her character is, or you might might not, you would know who this character is by their name, you might not know that they're in the movie, that's all I'll say. Next up is Kimiko Glenn. This is her third film credit, increasing her average film range to a 58 even. It's her only film in the 90s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Like Father. She has a value of zero, a score of 34.8, and is ranked 3,275th overall, one spot behind Jack Houston, and one spot ahead of Hannah Murray. And Kimiko Glenn is the voice of Penny Parker. Yes, another Parker spider person. Next up is John Mulaney. This is his only film credit. He has a value of 2, a score of 32.33, and is ranked 3,548th overall. One spot behind Carl Roden, and one spot ahead of Elizabeth Mitchell. And he's the voice of Spider-Ham. And he's fantastic. It's the perfect voice. It really is the perfect voice for Spider-Ham. And that's the performances. That's the actors. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has a rating of 91. It is from the year 2018. It is. It raises action movies to 49.68, adventure movies to 50.9, and 
animated movies to 51.79 and comedies to 52.01 and sci-fi movies to 50.64. I believe it is a three on the Bechdel test. I am not 100% sure about that, but I will double check that when I see the movie for a second time. I, I think there's a conversation either between, I think it's between Aunt May and Gwen Stacy, Spider Gwen, but uh, it might this might only be a two if they didn't only talked about Spider Man. I was and I wasn't sure. So I think actually I think I'm gonna put it as a two for now and bump it up if it needs to be. It is a PG movie. PG currently does not have any Academy Award nominations. Hopefully, it does not get snubbed like the Lego Movie, but it's possible. Um, in the Circle of Film Awards, it has five nominations right now including Best Picture, Best Supporting Performance from Jake Johnson, Best Screenplay, Best Score, and Best Special Effects. Pretty strong. It is the new Best Animated Film of the Year for me, taking over the spot from Incredibles 2. Pretty, pretty astounding. Um, and then, as I adjust things here it is one of the 294 films i've seen released in 2018 one of the 1744 films i have seen oops uh seen during 2018 it increases uh 2018 films average ratings to 44.44 their tomato meter to 62.27 it is the 24th animated 100th comedy 39th crime that's wrong it is the th 63rd action movie 47th adventure movie 24th animated movie 100th crime movie and 47th sci-fi movie as the one it is one of the 89 quote-unquote good films i have seen from 2018 uh the ratio of good to bad films is currently 0.57 one of the currently 6.48 percent of films with a two on the bechdel test from this year and the one of the 31 films with a PG rating this year uh, from the MPAA. Yes. Um, da, 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 da. And with a score of 91, it is one of the 60 films to receive this rating. There are no others from this year that have received this score, but when I go back to 2017, there is there are two. Uh, Columbus from last year, starring John Cho, got a 91, as well as World of Tomorrow, Episode 2, colon, The Burden of Other People's Thoughts, another animated film. And if I go back to 2016, you will find one film with a 91, and that is 10 Cloverfield Lane. So, that is it. Uh, this is its own franchise for the moment. Uh, so it doesn't really have a series to play against. As I said, it is the highest rated, not only Spider-Man film, but I believe film with Spider-Man blanket. Like you include Civil War, you include Infinity War, it's still number one. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the real deal. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not 100% sure about this review episode. There will be one, but... I have tentative plans to record it with a guest, and we'll see if that takes place. If it doesn't, I will do it by myself. Um, it'll just be a, take a little longer to come out. So 
that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. If you would like to check out more episodes, check out the Circle of Film Awards, check out who knows anything else uh, generally pertaining to this podcast or me and my spreadsheet, you can head over to circleoffilm.com to find lots of that. If you would like to follow me on Twitter at Circle of Film, send me an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. Find me on Letterboxd, username Circle of Film. And um, I'm sure there's other things, other social medias, but that's, no, maybe that's it. And finally, if you would like to support the show for as little as eight cents an episode, you can do so over on patreon.com slash circle of film. Thank you one more time, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.